0: Invite our speaker for this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are a real God. That you are a real God. That you are actually alive. That you actually think and your thoughts are about us. That you actually speak and we can hear you. That actually care about us. And that this morning you have a word on your heart for us. I thank you for that. So, Lord, Let your people who have come by faith in the face of every risk and uh, circumstance. Lord, bless them. Bless their faith. Reward them for being here. Send them home with something solid. And let whatever's coming in between, from distraction to me, remove me from the equation so your people may hear your voice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's get going. We started a new series last Sunday. And the series is entitled Imperatives, Imperatives, which means commands that Jesus has given. And we started with 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 John 14, 24 saying, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So I told you that there were seven that we had picked up of commands of Christ. Were there more? Yeah, sure there are more. But we're taking seven, and we're working through all of these commands. So we say we love Jesus. We say we uh, obey him. Well, what exactly are we obeying? Step number one was to repent and believe. Believe that he has come from God, that he is the the Christ. Mark chapter 1, verse 15, we did that last week. Today... Baptism, we're going to be talking about baptism from Matthew chapter 28. Then we're going to talk about the Lord's Supper and communion. We're going to talk about loving God and loving others. We're going to talk about prayer and spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about sacrificial giving. And we're going to talk about making disciples. So these are not motivational preachings, motivational sermons saying, hey, you should do this. This is studying. This is going back to the word and studying what are the commands that Jesus said So what we are motivating ourselves to do is love Jesus by obeying Christ. And we are informing ourselves and educating ourselves of what he has commanded so that in loving him, we might be specifically obedient. Specifically obedient. Implicitly and specifically obedient. All right, so there you are. I want us to be a church that really enjoys our walk with God. I want to see a smile on your face and I want to see the joy of the Lord in your heart. Every day I pray for that. I pray that for you. You know that? Every day I pray that the Lord would fill you with joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Happiness is not strength. Encouragement is not strength. Bank balance is not strength. It is the joy of the Lord which is our strength. And you can get through the most difficult times. You can get through the most toughest times and the most anxious times. But if the joy of the Lord is with you, then you are victorious. I want you to enjoy your walk with Jesus. I don't want it to be a drudgery. I don't want you to live with guilt. And I don't want you to lose a day in walking close to him. I want your life to bear fruit, a lot of fruit. I want to see people blessed through your life because God wants that. I want a church to be a disciple-making church. A church that does the Great Commission, doesn't just talk about it. A church that's not going to be ashamed before Christ at his coming. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say it slow a church that's not going to be ashamed when Jesus shows up. There's going to be two types of believers when Jesus shows up. Lord, you're here. And the other one would be, Lord, you're here. I want you to be the first. I want you to be the first and not the latter. Okay? So last week we pondered on the issue of belief and what exactly we're believing in respect to the gospel. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? We studied that. And we established that clearly. So if you missed that, Uh, You could search for a podcast, you could download the app, it's all there for you to listen to it as many times as you want. Let's begin by going to the origin of this command, and there are two commands here, there are two parts of this command when we're talking about the baptism, uh, or getting baptized. A command, firstly, to baptize those who believe. A command to baptize those who believe. And a second one is you believe and be baptized. You believe and be baptized. Did you get that? It's not rocket science here. Very simple. The command to the disciples or to the church: say, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. And the other one is, sinner, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized for the salvation of your sins. So it's very clear. So one command, one part of the command, goes to the to the sinner who becomes a believer. One part of the command goes to the church. Uh, what they're supposed to do with them. So let's read that beautiful passage which is built uh, for this command. And Jesus came and said to them, are you reading it? And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Yes, if you are if you, uh, on time out with me, I think I recorded it, so I don't know if you heard it this morning or you're going to hear it tomorrow morning. But Satan takes uh, Jesus at the end of the 40 days Do you remember that? He takes Jesus at the end and he says to Jesus, All authority is given to me. And all of these kingdoms are mine. I will give it to you. And over here, Jesus is saying, All authority has been given to me. The guy doesn't even know who he's lying to. Don't trust him. I mean, if you meet him this week, don't trust him. He comes up with lies and he, he banks on the fact that you are spiritually stupid. He is hoping, not to goodness, but you know, he's hoping that you are spiritually uninformed. So Jesus says, All authority in heaven, on earth, has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples. He doesn't say make converts. He doesn't say proselytize. He doesn't say change people's faith. He says, make disciples. Who do you make a disciple of? Someone who has already believed. So he's not calling you to change someone's belief. But when somebody does come to Christ, when someone does put their faith in Jesus, turn that person into a disciple. The word disciple comes from the word discipline, or he's obedient. So we are to rear our disciples. Like we rear children, we are to rear our disciples. And then he says, baptizing them, underline, asterisk, highlight, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit no it doesn't say baptizing them in the name of the father in the name of the son in the name of the holy spirit there are no three names It's only one name baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit they are one and that one name that has been given to you is the name jesus is the name jesus are you working with me is the name Jesus. So we're baptizing people in the name of the Jesus. We say, in the name of the Father. And Jesus said, if you met me, you met the Father. In the name of the Son, I'm the one who sent from God. Jesus, the Savior of the soul. And in the name of the Spirit. He is the Spirit of the Savior. He's the Spirit of the Lord Jesus. I will send my Spirit, he says. So all three, but one name. So it's kind of wrong when people just... B- butcher up or change and paraphrase scripture. It's wrong. Pastors do this the most because this pulpit makes you a little sovereign. Because you're not, you are on stage, you're all alone, and you're the one with the mic. So sometimes you think that whatever comes out of your mouth is going to be right. And people they're like Pastor ne bolha, nahi sakta. Ho sakta hai. In the name of the Father and the Son. Uh, one name, all right. So next time, some <laughs> CL members. Next time, somebody's in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son. Then was like, Hey, 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 hey. Pastor Jerry said. no, just kidding. All right. So there you have it. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey, observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always. Number one, baptism is a picture of unity. Baptism is a picture of unity. Baptizing them. Bring them all in. Bring them all under. Let it be this one thing that pulls you together. So the commonality of our faith, I repeat, the commonality of our faith is, have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? Have I been baptized? Have you been baptized? Has she been baptized? When were you baptized? Are you a baptized believer? Right? So belief means baptism, and I'll get to that in a minute, but baptism unites us. In fact, if you go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 through 5, read it on the screen with me. Eager to maintain the unity. You see that? The unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is, say it with me, one body, one spirit, just as you are called to one hope. I can't hear you. Let's go from the top. There is one spirit, just as you are called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord one faith, one baptism. One God, one Father over all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let's do one Lord, one faith, baptism one again. Okay, once again. One, two, three. One Lord, one faith. One, one more time. One Lord, one faith. One, one more time. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. I wouldn't emphasize it if it wasn't important. Pastor Jerry, why are there so many denominations? Because some people like to sing fast songs. Some people like to sing slow songs. Some people like drums. Some people don't like drums. Some people like old people. Some people like young people. Some people like new believers. Some people like old believers. We have preferences. So we we have denominations and abominations. So that's just us. I mean, even in our house, we can't paint two rooms the same color. We want some change. So are we cool with that? So we have denominations. Some people want to have the communion first. Some of them want to have the communion last. It's okay. But in the fundamentals of our faith, I repeat, in the fundamentals of our faith, say it with me. One Lord, one faith. One baptism. That's where we unite. And baptism unites us. It is bringing us in the one name, in the one faith, in the one baptism. So he explains that a little bit more, and you'll find that in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We are buried with Christ. We are buried with him by baptism. So that's where buried with him and by baptism makes a huge difference. uh, 2,000 years to be precise. Okay? When was Jesus buried? 2,020 years ago, 2,021 years ago, right? When were you buried with Jesus? On the day you got baptized, right? So on the day you got baptized, you affiliated yourself, you united yourself with the Lord Jesus 2,021 years ago. Isn't that incredible? That God would give you something to do, I repeat, God would give you something to do that would identify you along with Jesus. And I want you to understand this, it's very important. That as Jesus went into the ground, you go into the water. And as Jesus came out of the ground, you come out of the water. So the water and the ground are not the main thing. The life, death and life again is the main thing. Anybody with me? The life, death and life again is the main thing. Can you see this life without this death? No. So you see this life and you choose this death, therefore you get that life. I repeat, you have this life, you choose this death, and therefore you get that life. So the resurrection that is Christ's inexperience becomes yours in experience through baptism, through baptism. The water, no, your belief. That occasion, no, your belief. Uh, That ceremony, no. That song that was sung, no. Who else got back? no. Just your faith. It's not the water. The water makes you wet, in my experience. Other than that, it does nothing. But it is a picture of unity. It is a picture of unity, but it is also a picture of a new start. Write it down. It is also a picture of a new start. We are buried with Christ, with him, by baptism into death. That's how you share in Christ's death. And Paul says, if you share in Christ's death, you're also going to share in his life. If you share in Christ's suffering, you're also going to share in his glory. If you share in Christ's cross, you're also going to share in his crown. That's the fact. That's the bottom line. So here's what he's talking about. He says, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Circle like. That like as Christ. Like as Christ was circle raised up. Like Christ was raised up from the dead. Brothers, sisters, by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness. Hello? Hang on. Okay, slow it down. As Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should also, complete the sentence, be raised up. Right? But he doesn't say that. He says, as Christ was raised from the dead, we should also walk in newness of life. Boom. There you have it. There you have it. So baptism is a picture of a new start. Baptism is a picture of a new start. Because when you die, that's the end of one life. When you rise again, that's the beginning of a new life. And Jesus says that when you believe and you are baptized, you're saying, Lord, this life, Jeremy Dawson, comes to an end with Jesus' death in baptism. And coming out of the grave, coming out of the water, I have a new start, a fresh start. I'm going to be like Christ. I'm going to live Christ's life. I'm going to have Christ's issues, not Jeremy Dawson's issues. I'm going to have Christ's ego, not Jeremy Dawson's ego. I'm going to have Christ's agendas, not Jeremy Dawson's agendas. I'm not going to listen to Jeremy Dawson, because I don't talk to dead people. You didn't get it. I'm not going to listen to Jeremy Dawson because I don't talk to. He's dead. What do you think of people who go along talking to dead people? (laughs) <laughs> creepy. But you're still listening to yourself. I'm still listening to myself. Oh, poor me. <laughs> Nobody thinks of me. Nobody appreciates me. Nobody gives me any worth. Nobody gives me, helps me to accomplish my life's goals. Poor me. You're dead. Why are you talking to you? Why are you dealing with you? Why are you glorying in you? You're corrupting. You're supposed to be in the grave. You're not supposed to come out with Jesus. You go in Jeremy Dawson, you come out Jesus. That's the identification with the Lord Jesus. You go in finishing the life of Jeremy, you come out starting a fresh, new start, the life of Christ. From that point on, nothing about me matters. There, I said it. I said it. Deal with it. Come to terms with it. Go and embrace the cross until his death becomes your death. You want a solution to your psychological problems. You want a solution to your memories and all your pain and all your abuse and all the horrible things that have been done to you. Come to the cross and embrace the cross. Get stuck to the cross until everything that is corrupting, painful, deathly in you is enjoined with Jesus and goes to the grave and is done with. Don't go to a counselor, go to the cross. Because that is Jesus' solution for your life. Finish it. Finish it. What about me? Doesn't God love me? Doesn't God care about my name and my fame? Doesn't God want me also to share with him? I thought he thought I was important. Why did he create me so unique? Why did he give me all these blessings if he was going to just finish me in the grave? Good question. Answer will come in another sermon, but let me give you a snippet. I love snippets. You go to the grave, and people who go to the grave, they wait for a resurrection. So when you come out the grave, that is the water, you come out to live the Lord Jesus, his life, through on this earth for the rest of your days. So for the rest of your days on earth, you're not listening. For the rest of your days on earth, you are living the life of Christ. For the rest of your days in eternity, you're living the life of Jeremy, your own life. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Are you getting me? You get to live Jesus for a few more years on earth. You get to live you for eternity. Jesus said very clearly, anyone who believes in me, anyone who loses his life for my sake will find it. He will find it. The scripture says that when Jesus comes back, I will appear with him in glory. And I will see myself for what I really truly am. Not with my bunch of issues and my pain and my sickness and my sorrows and my weight and my, and my failures. I'm going to see myself with Jesus coming in perfection. The me that's going to live for eternity. So the me that's going to be eternity is hidden with Christ and God. And the Jesus is living in me is for the period of my short life. So that even the short life I live on earth may count for eternity. So Jesus lives in you for the short period of your life, two decades, three decades, four decades, five decades. He lives this year making sure that your life counts for eternity on earth. And then when you come to heaven, you are given back you, the real you, the worthy you, the true you, the clean you, the no issues you, the eternal you, the the wonderful you, given back to you, how God intended for you, and you get to live you for eternity. So your life counts and your eternity counts all because of that. All because of that. All because of that. Baptism is a picture of unity. Baptism is a picture of a new start. Even so, we should walk in newness of life. So raised equals walk equals new life. Raised equals walk equals new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, say it with me. He is. Come on, people. If anyone is in Christ, he is a. New creation. Old Jeremy has passed away. New Jesus has taken over. Write one more down. It is an assurance of salvation. Number one, it is a picture of unity. These these points are just so that you remember what I'm saying. But the heart is one. The point is one. The idea is one here. It is a picture of unity. It is a picture of a new start. It's also a picture of assurance is assurance of my salvation being baptized is assurance of my salvation let me ask you a question is baptism necessary for salvation is baptism necessary for salvation good question so is following Jesus Jesus command to be baptized necessary for salvation let's consider the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 6 verse 46 okay pay attention because you're smart you can handle this don't worry Don't look for entertainment. Look for life change. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not (laughs) do what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? And the Lord, Lord is a sarcastic part there. It's filled with emotion. It's filled with hype. It's filled with worship. Lord, Lord. Matthew chapter 7 says, You'll call me Lord, Lord, and I'll, I'll be like, who are you? I don't know you. I don't know you. So why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, do and I, don't do what I say? So Jesus' command for baptism, as we have seen in the book of Acts, early church, they took it very seriously, and they baptized everybody immediately. They believed, and they were, boom, baptized. Baptized. They don't go for this class, that class, this membership, that membership. Let me think about it. Let me pray about it. Let me uh, let it sink in a little while. I need to grow a little bit. Let me help uh, on nothing of the sort. Believe and be baptized. Believe and be baptized. Start your life now. Show your belief now. Step into the water right now. Those days we had a lot of water. They were, most of the preaching was done on the side of the shores of Galilee. It was very easy. Believe go get baptized. Baptism was a, a, a concept they were already familiar with. Do you remember John the Baptist. Baptist? Whoa. And even baptism before that, back in Deuteronomy, was already a familiar term. So they knew what baptism meant. They knew it was a going under and it was a coming out. It came from the word baptizo, which means to die, D-Y-E. That means you go down and you take the characteristic of that which you have been submerged in. And Jesus says, uh, he says, you believe and you be baptized. That's the command we talked about uh, belief in the Savior as Lord last time, if he is Lord, the sa- fundamental first step is baptism. But you believe and you be baptized. Boom, boom. Next. Immediately. Right there and then. I don't know why we take forever. Abhi bacha hai. Abhi hai. Let him grow up a little bit. Let him understand the cost of it. I want my auntie to be there. Can we schedule it so that my auntie is there? Jesus would never have understood any of that. Believe and be baptized. There's a guy called Philip. He's reading the Old Testament, Isaiah and whatnot. And, uh, and, 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 and he came to the conclusion that he needed to be baptized. He says, there's water. And his question was, what's stopping me? I think he nailed the issue. He's, the real issue is what's stopping me? We want Jesus to feel like we have believed in him. We want Jesus to feel like we have believed in him. We want Jesus to feel good. I'm coming to church. I'm singing songs. I've started reading my Bible. I found it. I started reading my Bible. But as far as actually doing what he wants me to do, I need some time. I, I, I'm working through some issues. And that, my friend, is the modern day disciple. We are not going to be that. We are not going to be that. So through the whole whole New Testament, baptism is connected to salvation. Believe and be baptized. So the question, is baptism necessary for salvation? Answer, yes. Why? Because belief is necessary for salvation and belief is impossible to prove without baptism. How do I know what you believed? how do I know what you believed? And if you believe something today, you could change your belief tomorrow. People do that all the time. So the only way you can prove that this belief is here to stay is by getting baptized. Prove it. Prove it. That's what girls are telling guys today. Put a ring on it. You haven't heard that song. Right? Show me some commitment. That's what he's saying right here. In Mark chapter 16, verse 16, Jesus said, he that believeth, are you seeing it? He that believeth and is baptized, say it with me, shall be saved. There you go. Shall be saved. Somebody lied to you and said, baptism is something else. Belief is important, but baptism is something else. Somebody lied to you. Or perhaps circumstances didn't allow you to get to that part. Or perhaps you didn't, nobody taught you what scripture says. Here's the scripture. He that believeth and is baptized, shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be condemned. It doesn't say he that doesn't get baptized will be condemned. It says that he that believeth. So the believeth, the believeth is seen in the baptizeth. Okay? You with me? The believeth is seen in the baptizeth. So believe and be baptized. Baptizeth. Believing but not being baptized is a show of no belief. It's a show of no belief. It means you like Jesus. Hmm. A lot of people like Jesus today. Uh, yeah? They wear a cross outside. Not in their heart, but outside the heart. If you're calling him Lord, but not willing to obey his very first commandment, you haven't really believed him at all. I'm not condemning you. I'm not. Arguing with you and I'm not uh, uh, telling you what to do. I'm teaching the scriptures. I'm teaching you the scriptures. What you do with the scriptures is based on how you perceive Christ as Lord. If you're calling him Lord, he needs to be Lord of all. There's a second picture to this and I want to take you back because you're intelligent, because you are knowledgeable of the scriptures. I want to give you a deeper picture of what happened here in the second picture. In 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 20 so we're still talking New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 21. It compares baptism with Noah's flood. Do you remember Noah's flood? Remember Noah's flood? Yeah? So Noah flood, ark, covenant nine, how many people? Nine people? How many people? Noah's saying three sons six eight eight people and Jesus eight people were on the ark eight people were saved judgment came the waters was the judgment but they were carried through the judgment because they were in the ark I repeat stick with me God was done with the world judgment came the waters was the judgment death was in the waters death stunk the waters but the ark was carried through the waters, and those who were inside the ark were saved. Jesus is the ark. We are in Christ, and through his death and resurrection, we are passed through the death of waters, or the waters of death, and we are saved. So there's a two, the, the two pictures here that he talks about. So one picture is the unity, the new start, the new life, uh, the church, and all of that, and, then, and, and being in Christ, and the other picture is the very judgment of God upon the world, we pass through it because we are in the safety of the Lord Jesus. God gets us through this life. You're not listening to me. God gets us through this life by placing you in Jesus. Like God got Noah and his family through the flood by placing them in the ark, God gets you through this life by putting you in Jesus. In Jesus is the safest place. Outside Jesus' death, and judgment and wrath, but in Christ, the safest way And Jesus carries you through that judgment over to the other end of eternity into heaven, and he releases you to live the rest of eternity free, saved from condemnation, saved from hell. That is the love of God. And God is not going to sit and listen to whingy, whiny, opinions and dogma and all of that, he's not going to get caught up in that because his main goal is to save his child through and over into heaven. And he's done it. He's done it. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. He compares the baptism to Noah's flood, claiming that just as the ark saved Noah, so baptism now saves you through the water, which was the death, which was the wrath of God, etc etc let me close with this verse 21 and 22 says this corresponding to that baptism now saves you not the removal circle not the removal of dirt from the flesh but an appeal to god for a clean conscience through the resurrection of the lord jesus an appeal to god for a clean conscience through the resurrection of the lord jesus who is at the right hand of god has gone into heaven after angels authorities and powers have been subjected to him All authority in heaven and earth has truly to me. So, let's wrap this up. Coming out of the water, when you are baptized, when you are baptized, you come out of the water. What does that represent? What does the coming out of the water represent? Number one, it represents newness of life. Newness of life. Jeremy Dawson, buried with Christ and stayed buried until eternity. Until the perfect Jeremy is presented back in Christ when he returns. But till then... Jeremy is hidden away and Jesus is what people get. When you shake my hand, you should get Jesus. When you fight with me, you should get Jesus. When you offend me, you should get Jesus. When you marry me, you should get Jesus. When you pray with me, you should hear Jesus. When you love me, when you serve me, you should get Jesus. Does that make sense? You know what a Christian marriage is? Two Jesuses imagine what a home would be like imagine the forgiveness imagine the understanding imagine the focusedness imagine the joy imagine the obedience to the father imagine the blessings imagine what a home would be like if two a husband and a wife didn't care about what anybody else did they said, no matter what I am buried with Christ Jesus Jesus is what I'm going to live through you get Jesus you treat me like yourself like you're treating me i'm still going to give you jesus that's what a christian marriage is that's what a christian home is and that's what a church is a church made of christian homes of christian marriages jesus a newness of life a clean fresh start and a new identity a new identity because if jeremy dawson is in the grave and will stay there till the resurrection day when he find, when he's presented in christ perfect and beautiful Uh, no issues, as is, got my life back, until that day, then from here on till the day I die, or the Lord Jesus comes, my identity has been completely overhauled, completely shaped, reshaped, completely redefined. Who am I now? Who am I now? And a believer, a disciple, is one who commits himself to the study and the discipline of figuring out who I am now. Okay? The Bible says, don't go lying to one another. You know why he says that? Are you familiar with that phrase? He says, don't lie to her. Love one another and don't lie to one another. What does that mean? It means that if I have started giving you Jeremy Dawson, I'm lying to you. Because I'm not, Jeremy, Jeremy's supposed to have died. He's supposed to have died. Back there in September of which year he was 17 years old and he got baptized, that day, that year he died, he He's gone. So to give you Jeremy Dawson is to lie to you and say, no, no, I should be giving you Jesus. Or it's lying to you saying, this is Jesus, when it is not. When it is not. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor Jerry, who can live that kind of a life? I can't. You're right. You're absolutely right. Who can live the life of Christ? Answer? Only Christ only Christ I'm going to end with this if only Jesus can live his life then Jesus has to have the freedom in you to live his life and the freedom you grant to Christ in his life is called worship that is your worship Lord all of you none of me you must increase. I must decrease. With every head bowed and every eye closed, do your business with God. Some of you, your hearts have gone cold, and I'm speaking to everyone here in my, uh, within the sound of my voice here, and I'm also speaking to those of you around the world and at all time zones where you're going to be listening. Some of you have lost your first love. You 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 don't love Jesus the way you did. Your Your candle, your flame doesn't burn brightly like it once did. Some of you need to come back to him and just say, Lord, give me a fresh start. I remember the day I was baptized. and I remember the day I loved you with all my heart. I remember the day when I loved opening your word. I remember the day when I used to love looking forward to the next time that we spent together. I remember loving praying and seeing answers to a prayer. I remember my heart just leaping every time I heard the name of Christ. I remember those days when I loved you, Lord. Some of you have allowed a relationship in your life or relationships in your life, and those relationships have taken you further and further and further away from God. They just make a lot more sense, so they've taken you further and further away from God. Lord, I'm willing to give up anything right now. I'm willing to give up anything for you. I want you more than anything else. Some of you have dealt with doubts. Some of you have dealt with abuse in the past and people have hurt you and abused you and you just can't forgive yourself. You can't forgive God for allowing that to happen to you. Bury, bury yourself. Don't go to the psychologist. Don't go to the counselor. Go to the grave. Say, Lord, I lay me down to rest. Here I lie in the grave. You live your life through me and I want to see the new me in heaven when you come back. Lord, I want a new me. I want a new me. Wherever you're at, my dear brother and my dear sister, the spirit of God is upon you right now. And he is calling you to a fresh start, a new start. He's calling you to experience the love of God that he has for you. That only God can love. He's calling you to say, get into the ark. I'm the ark. I'll carry you through this life. Death and destruction and wrath might be outside, but on the inside, there'll be love. There'll be forgiveness. There'll be safety. And I'll get you to the other side. Do your business with God this morning.